Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So today is part of the Catchphrase Christianity series. I want to talk about disruptive grace. This is a curious incident at the start of John 5, um, where Jesus encounters a lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Now, Bethesda, as John notes, is an Aramaic word, um, and it can either mean house of grace or house of disgrace. And the idea behind it being a house of disgrace was that it was a house of the sick. Sick people gathered here. And an idea ubiquitous in the ancient world, and we also have it today, was that people deserve what they get. Uh, Job's opponents uh, insist that he must have done something wrong. He must have broken some rules. He must have contravened some codes of conduct uh, to receive the bad things that he's received. And, and implicit is that God gave him those bad things. In John 9, so in the New Testament era, in John 9, you know, the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned? Was it the man or his parents that he should have been born blind? And Jesus kind of cuts across all that and says, neither he nor his parents have sinned. But now I must work the works of God and heal this guy. <clears throat> and the same thing happens in the house of disgrace. In the house of disgrace, there is a sick man who's been lame for 38 years. And Jesus enters that place physically and personally and interrupts that cycle with grace, with a gift. He breaks the cycle of just desserts with gift. Jesus is physically present. Now, we need to look at this in a bigger way. Like we, we adhere to this idea of sown and reaping. We adhere to this idea of entitlement. I have done good things. I am a good person. I have worked hard. Therefore, I am entitled to the good things that happen to me. Uh, and, and the correlate of that is that I am, I, I do not deserve anything that bad that happens to me people will say that to us you know if something bad happens you know like we've just had to cancel our holiday this year due to the pandemic and people are kind of feeling bad for us you know bad things you know you are good people you don't deserve bad stuff to happen to you because we adhere to this idea of karma you know some will call it some will call it sown and reaping some will call it justice <clears throat> uh, and on the flip side of that so you know i'm a good person i deserve good things on the flip side of that there is some you know the, the beggar by the cash point at the local supermarket you know well Clearly, he's he's reaping bad things because he's sown bad things. He didn't try hard enough at school or he didn't uh, stick to his job or he's got addiction issues that have sent him in a downward spiral. Therefore, he deserves bad things. We hold this view and we might not always be willing to confess that we have this view, but we do. And what I want to say is that Jesus interrupts this cycle, this mechanistic sown and reaping, just desserts, entitlement cycle jesus interrupts this and now this is a mechanism this is a mechanism it, it's implacable it's logical it's sequential there is no um relationship involved in this kind of sowing and reaping you do bad things you get bad things there's no need for a personal relationship with jesus christ in that whatsoever uh, but i want to say that jesus interrupts that by being physically and personally present and he interrupts it with grace and these two ideas of grace and and physical relationship are really important so how is this relevant to us today? Well, first of all, we have to say that the cycle of sin and death, you know, sin uh, resolutely leads towards death. Um, but Jesus interrupts that cycle. While we were sinners, yet far off, Jesus came 
and loved us so much that he was willing to die on a cross for us. That is the ultimate expression of God being physically present and interrupting the cycle of sowing and reaping, the cycle of just desserts. Now, I'm kind of plowing on through this fairly quickly, and I'd really um, advise you to go and read the blog, which fills out this idea uh, more fully. But something's come to light in current affairs at the moment that kind of illustrates this. Uh, not beautifully, it's kind of awkward, actually, um, but it kind of brings this to the forefront. So Dominic Cummins, the, 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 the chief advisor to, to Boris Johnson, the prime minister of England, um, has basically uh, broken the rules. Um, you know, during this pandemic, the government itself is telling us to stay at home um, and not break the rules for the benefit of everybody else. Stay at home, save the NHS. Uh, so children have died in isolation, not having their parents with them because the parents have followed the instructions of the government. And it is heartbreaking that, that, that family members have had to die on their own in a hospital uh, because, you know, people were obeying the instructions. Whereas Dominic Cummins, um, in a position of power and privilege, has seen fit to break uh, the guidelines, to, to break the rules, uh, and and the defense of this has been, you know, he followed his instincts. He's done some crazy things, but apparently um, he is above the rules or beyond the rules. And now as um, as Christians, we're faced with a difficult uh, scenario that we have to navigate um, carefully. So on the one hand, there are people crying out for Dominic Cummings head. We should throw him to the wolves. He has broken the rules. And therefore, he deserves what he gets in terms of the castigation in the press, um, all the abuse that he's getting. So on the one hand, you know, he's broken the rules. Therefore, he deserves there's, there's a mechanical procedure going on here of sowing and reaping of just desserts that he needs to be sacked. He needs to be um, handed over to the press and absolutely destroyed. So there's that on the one hand. And then the, on the other hand, there's, well, you know, like he was doing the right thing. This is the government kind of line where they're defending him, saying he's doing the right thing. And the problem is, is that if we if we fail to navigate this closely, we'll either join one side or the other. We either endorse his private privilege to break the rules or we are impl a part of like destroying this man's character. And so the defense of one would be, you know, Jesus tells us to love our neighbors. Uh, so we should love him. And, and, and seemingly that means letting go of all of the, the things that he's done. Or, you know, we need to condemn him roundly and, and we need to destroy him. We need to take him out of his position. And, and I want to suggest that Jesus breaks these mechanical cycles, that, that, that Jesus would interrupt this cycle with grace. Would he have some hard words for Dominic Cummins? Absolutely. But Jesus would seek to be in a direct relationship with this man. Would he suggest that Dominic Cummins is a victim of his circumstance and that he deserves what he is owed? You know, he has deserved the hounding by the press. He has deserved the vitriolic abuse that he's getting on social media. I think Jesus would say no. We see Jesus getting alongside, you know, the despised Pharisees. You know, Nicodemus is a Pharisee and Jesus kind of is willing to address him in conversation. Uh, he reaches out to tax collectors, the Roman centurions. These are the people that Jesus includes. But Jesus also includes the poor. You know, we see it in the life of Paul as well. You know, he was friends with the powerful Roman family, the Sergius Paulus family. Uh, but he's also friends with... Um, you know, ex-slaves, you know, only you only have to think of like Onesimus. Um, he's a friend of a slave. So 
Paul, following in Jesus' footsteps, navigates this 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 whole system of just desserts by being relationally present. Does that mean that he cannot correct people? No. Does that mean that he doesn't have difficult words and hard words for people? No. But he extends grace. He breaks a cycle with gift to allow liberty and freedom into a new life. Now, this is a very difficult thing to navigate because we have a hard time distinguishing between the structures that help society function um, and, and and actually what is God's actions in this place. And now I want to suggest that, that God is willing to transcend uh, our structures uh, with grace, to include people, to rescue people, to liberate people. Because this, this idea of just desserts, it has a... Um, quite insidious overtones either either way that you extend it so if i am i am wealthy i've worked hard i deserve good things but the problem with that is that if i if i sit in this isolation bubble this independent bubble of saying well i've done uh, hard work and i've been a good person therefore i deserve the things that i get over and against anybody else that puts me in competition with everybody else for scarce resource. That also means that in somehow my identity, my very personhood, my um, my ethical behaviour is tied up in the good things that come my way, in my possessions, in the things that I own, in the things that I can accumulate. It That identifies me as a good person. And if I'm not careful, then my uh, identity gets wrapped up in that. On the other side, and we do this, is that people who are who are marginalised, who are poor, who are broken, who are vulnerable, who are weak, who are sick, who are ill, who are barren, um, who who are facing bad circumstances, we tend to lump that as part of their identity. You know, these bad things are happening to them because they are certain sorts of people. And I want to suggest that Jesus wants to liberate us from these impersonal ways of viewing people, from these impersonal ways of living, from these mechanistic ideas of how the universe is orientated. And I want to suggest that Jesus primarily is relational and Jesus is primarily graceful. And therefore, as Christians, we need to first be relational and graceful before we are judgmental. So there's something to think about. Um, Go and read the blog. Go and enjoy. Go be challenged. In Jesus name. Amen.